Well, welcome along to the Sky F1 podcast. This is episode 10. No Simon today, but I am joined by Martin Brandl, David Croft and Gunther Steiner. So hello to all of you chaps. I'm going to start quick word, Martin and uh, Crofty first. What have you been up to, Martin? How have you been filling your days? I've been really busy actually making Sky content, which I've been enjoying. Uh, I've done my second uh, at home with Sky F1, which I think has gone out now. And uh, we look back at the 1999 uh, European Grand Prix at the Nürburgring with its winner, Mr. Johnny Herbert, which was a lot of fun, actually. So uh, plenty of Sky content and just generally everything around my house shines, basically. And um, uh, a good chance to clear the mind, clear the files, sort things out, because I'm hoping it's going to get super busy mid-year on. Mm. We, we had quite an historic moment on Saturday afternoon. My hair just got a little bit too long. So I allowed Laura, my other half, to actually cut my hair. First time in 20 years, someone other than, than Susie, who's my usual barber, has cut my hair. Um, so it was quite a worrying moment, but she's actually not done a bad job, to be fair. So thank you very much, Laura, uh, for that. We had a brilliant look back at the European Grand Prix. Uh, you don't miss uh, the watch along with Johnny and Martin and Ted and myself. It was a lot of fun to record. And yes, another at home with, uh, this time, Rachel, featuring added sausage rolls. Um, not only have we looked back at a few more features that, that, that I was in for, for Sky Sports F1, uh, but it's uh, Cook Along with Crofty. I make sausage rolls whilst we look back at the features. Don't oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait yeah um yes all done and another at home with they'll be going out this week keep an eye out for those but Gunter, very pleased to have you along this afternoon Gunter, what have you been getting up to first of all where are you at the moment Hello, everybody i'm in north carolina in the moment i got straight back from australia uh, on saturday of australia and uh, i'm here since uh, since then but uh, uh, as, as strange as it sounds, uh, uh, we are quite busy in the moment, or I'm quite busy in the moment, and not uh, cutting hair and making sausage rolls and uh, Martin cleaning up his files. Um, uh, as you may notice, there's a lot of uh, things going on in F1, budget cut, but also uh, th th these are difficult situations for the teams, in the, uh, for our team, but also the other ones. There is a lot of uh, being done because uh, the financial aspect is changing on a daily basis. You know, we... If we don't race, we get a lot less money and we need to prepare for that so uh, we can take the team forward. So there's a lot going on there. Just try to manage it. Uh, uh, just uh, Hopefully we just get away with bruises with no real harm. So, I mean, that is what I'm doing all day long. But uh, uh, but on the other side, sometimes in the afternoon, when uh, because I'm in the States, obviously I'm five hours behind you. So when you guys are asleep, uh, I got a little bit of time off uh, uh, because the main, uh, the main part of our team is in, in, the, in the UK. So I need to speak a lot with them, but uh, uh, it has been quite busy. But on the other side, I also do some little jobs. I haven't been at home this long for a long, long time now. Yeah, before we come to, to all the F1 side of things, just on a personal level, on a practical level, you've got your wife and daughter with you, I assume. How are, how are you all getting along and what sort of restrictions have you got there compared to us? Yeah, uh, they are with me, both of them. My daughter, obviously, uh, the school has been cancelled. So I think in the moment there's still a plan that she goes back on the, I think it's on the 14th for a week, but I think that will not happen. So no, uh, uh, they're doing uh, uh, school via uh, video conferencing. So at least uh, it's going on like this, but no, uh, everything is fine here. I mean, uh, you know, you get used to, it, uh, to each other again after, after so long <laughs> time away. But uh, uh, otherwise uh, we just try to spend our time uh, cooking together and uh, trying to spend some time when, when we have it. As Martin said, 
I think we are going into a very busy uh, second half of the season, which on one side it's very good for us, but we need to get prepared for it and we need to be conscious of this. It's not like uh, an afternoon with Kevin Magnussen then and the Gunter Steiner household. You've not been kicking doors in uh, yet then. You're actually you're quite calm at the moment. Not yet. You said the right word, yet. You know. <laughs> no, I try to avoid that at home, you know. Otherwise, uh, you have to pick me up at the sheriff's office here, you know, and that's, that's not good here. Gunter, there must be a Formula One budget in your swear box at home already, I would imagine, isn't there? Do you have one of those? You put a dollar in every time you swear? I mean, how many, how many times did I swear, Martin? You know me. <laughs> it can be quite behaviour. Your, you know? your starring role on Netflix, you know. Kind of that is when the emotions get away with me, you know, uh, on, the, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, on the race. You know, that is when, when I get excited about, no, but otherwise I'm pretty, I'm pretty calm. I just uh, try to do my job. Was that, the, was that the real you we saw then, Gunter? We saw lots of you at home in the latest series, that Netflix series. Um, but when we saw you around the track, I mean, they've certainly latched on to your character. Do you think that's any, any, in any way exaggerated? I mean, I don't think it's exaggerated. I, uh, uh, for me, when I go to racing, uh, there is, uh, you've got a, a different person there because, I mean, a lot of people say I'm so different and you make it up. No, I, I don't make it up. But when I, when I go racing, I get, this is why I like it. I mean, and then I'm, I'm pretty calm normally. I mean, uh, I, I think what I've got, I've nothing in between. You know, it's either on or off, you know, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I cannot change that. I'm too old for that to change, you see. So it's no point. I mean, until I get trained to change, then the career is gone anyway. So I keep it like this and try to, to deal with it. We learned you don't like your door being slammed, certainly on this series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that for me, it's something like, it, it's very strange. I mean, if somebody slams the door, it means he doesn't want to come back. I mean, that is, I, I don't know how it is. So, and if you want to tell me that, I mean, you can say it to me, you don't need to slam the door, you know? So you better don't slam my door. <laughs> <laughs> well, Roman slammed it and he's still with you. So we assume the relationship's rebuilt. Are you keeping in touch with them? And, and what's it like? Um, I mean, how's, how is the communication going during this time between you and the drivers? Do you know what they're up to? Uh, yes, I know. I actually spoke with both of them over the weekend. I normally try to call them on the weekends because they've got a little bit more time than during the week. I said I'm pretty busy. So uh, uh, Kevin is on his sailing boat somewhere on the Swedish coast. Uh, and Roma is at home because he has got three children and he's happy because I think he told me that the children go back to school uh, pretty soon in Switzerland. So he's happy about that one because he explained that because if the children don't go to school, nobody can go to work, obviously. Because, uh, but having three kids at home at the age his ones are, I'm not inviting uh, 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 him, you know, for that one. So, uh, but no, they are staying well. And uh, we normally speak once a week, you know, just updating and I let them know what, uh, what I know about uh, when, they, when we start again and just uh, communicate with them but once a week that's that is and the relationship is good you know it's like we speak 15-20 minutes and then uh, if nothing important comes along I just keep them updated I have to say Gunter, I, I, I was I was really impressed with the way in the documentary you allowed um, you, you allowed the access and you the behind the scenes access so we could actually get a taste of of your managerial style because we all know you as a fairly laid-back, kind of easygoing sort of guy. But when, when the tough decisions need to be made or the tough conversations need to be had, you seem to be very, very prepared to do that. And, and I, I thought it was absolutely fascinating to see how tough you got with the two drivers and how you completely ran out of patience 
I was then stunned that you hired them both again for this season. But it, it, it was a great insight into, into a way that a, a team principal operates that we don't always get to see uh, in, in Formula One. Do, do, do you find it easy to be, to be that tough and that stern with, with drivers when you need to be? Absolutely. I think it's part of my job and, and what I have to say, I'm fortunate that uh, uh, we are a small team. Uh, Gene Haas is very open to it. I mean, if you work for a big corporate, you couldn't be like this. I know that. But, uh, uh, but uh, I've got quite a bit of freedom on that side, you know, uh, and I, I just try. Uh, I'm, I'm very honest in it. And uh, as I always say, they always say oh, so much, it's such a big job to, to do this for Netflix. For me, it's no job. I put my mic on and then I go. I mean, I do my job and that is, I think, what they want. If, uh, I don't think I could be a good actor or would be a good actor. So I don't even try to do that one. If there is something which is too much, I mean, you all know uh, uh, Stuart, our PR guy, he, he then has to uh, evaluate it, what, where the limit is. <laughs> and he, he, I, I think he finds it pretty tough sometimes to see where the limit is, what to take out and what not. But uh, he, he, knows, uh, he knows me very well. He knows he knows Gene very well, so he knows where, where the line is. So, uh, I, I, again, for me, it's like I just do my job and then uh, I don't act different if, if I've got a mic on or not. And that is also one of the reasons why I'm not pushing to see the episodes because maybe I, I would then think different because I, I'm sure I wouldn't like to see me somehow, somehow I react, which on one side I could be learning something to have to behave better, but then again. Uh, this is part of my uh, of my character, of my personality, more than character. So uh, why should I change? Uh, I, I think it works. And if there's something we take now, uh, somebody will tell uh, will tell Netflix to do it. So Gunter, you uh, we know you've all been on various uh, devices, connecting with the other team principals over the last few weeks. What's the latest? What are the politics? What's happening with the budget cap? And when are we going to get racing again? And where? Uh, I, I think uh, uh, let's start with the good things, which is uh, when we go racing again, you know, because that is the most important thing what we have to do, because it's important to have a, a positive outlook, you know, uh, light at the end of the tunnel. I hope I cannot confirm it or anything, but I hope uh, uh, Austria, uh, uh, the Austrian government gives us to go ahead and we come up with good enough ideas that we protect the people in Austria and ourselves, you know, that we don't spread it or that we don't get it. So they are working hard on it. We as a team try to work on it. I've got actually a meeting later today with my racing guys, with the, the team manager, and to see how many people we can leave at home work to work, you know, because that is less people you, uh, you have, uh, less risk you, you carry. So we are trying to do a good job there, a diligent uh, job there, being responsible. And uh, we really try to think it through so we can go racing because we need to give them uh, a reason why we are not dangerous. I mean, dangerous by spreading the disease, obviously, uh, uh, in dangerous. So uh, we need to help with that. And I hope that we can get in July racing again. Uh, I read the news this morning. Austria is uh, doing pretty well. There is not spreading anymore. But again, they don't want us in there to get it going again. So we need to make sure that we help. But hopefully it is Austria. And then uh, I don't know exactly what is happening in the moment with Silverstone, but that, that's a chance as well. Always behind closed door, obviously. We cannot have spectators in the moment, and I think everybody appreciates that. But uh, uh, F1 is anyway, uh, the, the high majority is watched on TV anyway, so uh, uh, that, that shouldn't be, for sure, it's not nice to, 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 to race in front of empty grandstands. But if we need to do it, we're going to do it. So that's on the racing update. And then I think in August, I think uh, hopefully the world is a better place again, or a good place again. 
and uh, we go back to a little bit of a normal schedule even without people first in Europe but uh, I hope that uh, uh, something will be announced in the next three to four weeks officially so we all really can work towards it I think uh, a lot of us are just wanting to go back to work and also we need to go back to work so we've got a job all of us and it's not I'm not speaking about me just there's thousands of people involved in this business as you all know and they all need to to make a living, you know, and it's uh, difficult if you don't put the show on, if you don't have a product there, uh, 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 we, we cannot make a living. Back to the other question, Budget Cup, obviously, as you said, there is uh, quite uh, uh, meetings almost every week now, or at least once a week with FIA, FOM. They are pretty good meetings. They're well behaved on. Uh, we use the same system as we are using here. Uh, so it works very well. Everybody's at home, very diligent. Uh, uh, and uh, I think uh, we should have a solution to the budget cap soon. Uh, that is what uh, the president obviously wants to go for, Mr. Todd. Uh, so uh, we have a secure future and uh, hopefully we've got all teams around in the next, uh, in the years to come. Because in the moment, I think we've got 10 strong teams in F1 and we should try to preserve them or help as much as possible to keep them going. So as always, you know, there are politics played as well. Uh, who wants more, who wants less? And uh, somewhere there needs to be fine there. Uh, middle ground and uh, in my opinion we are very close to finding this middle ground. Gunter, um, just to pick up one, a couple of things you said there. First of all, when we do go racing again, when we had Zach Brown on, he said he thinks they'll need to be back in the factory for maybe five weeks before they can go racing. I guess if it's a, a race that's abroad, you'd add another week for travel and everything else onto that. How quickly could you get going again? Should they say, right, you know, lockdown's over. How soon could you be ready for a race? About the same, it's four to five weeks because the, the, the stuff from Australia, it was just unloaded, there was not work. We didn't work on the cars because we were some of the first ones to take the shutdown with Ferrari because we had got a, a facility or company in Italy which was shut down by the government. So we decided to shut down early. So we just unloaded the, uh, all the crates, opened them up so air goes straight, nothing uh, rots or no, no humidity is in and then we need to start from new. So I would say five weeks we, uh, we need to get the cars ready, everything ready and then until people get again, uh, uh, I would say, in the game. Because sometimes it takes a little bit uh, in the beginning. Because if you have been off two, uh, two months or, or almost three months when we get going again, uh, uh, there is some teething problems. So we need to get over them as well to make sure that we are 100% prepared when we go back to racing. Take us inside these meetings, um, Gunter. Uh, I know you can't reveal everything that's been said, but but who who are on these calls? How, how many is it? Every team principal and, and and who's there from Liberty and, and the FIA? Are, are you finding ways to agree with each other? Is it a majority, uh, or, or or is there a, a split uh, opinion on when we should go racing and where we should go racing? And most importantly, what's we all want to see F1 come back as soon as is possible. I'm sure. But, but what's driving the return to F1 and, and, and the timeline? Is it, is it the fact that we all want to see sports and we all want to enjoy sport? Or is it that some teams need to go racing as soon as is humanly possible because they fear for their future? Is it, is it a money thing or is it a return to sport thing that, that's driving the timeline? Well, there's a lot of questions, Croft. I mean, I, I needed to write them down, you know. Well, you should have done that. <laughs> I, no, I, start, uh, I, I start with who is in the meeting. Uh, all, the, all the 10 team principals are in there, and sometimes the owner is there as well. But FOM, I mean, Chase is there, Ross is there, uh, uh, FIA, 
uh, there are, uh, uh, the technical people are there, uh, Nicolas Tombasis, the president is there, Sean Totten. There's quite a lot of people. It's about 25 people. I counted them last time. So everybody is there and they are, they are held very well. They are very disciplined. And there is not one way to agree. These meetings are more like to exchange opinions, to discuss it. And as you well know, we are pretty good in discussing uh, our own corner, you know. So they sometimes drag on a little bit until somebody gets a grip of it, but there's a, uh, an agenda set and we go through uh, the items uh, uh, pretty uh, disciplined. So uh, uh, it's like there's no big decisions taken. And, and back to the calendar, we are actually not discussing the calendar big style because that's not our job or the team principles. I speak now for the team principles. That is uh, the job of FOM, which is in touch with the... Uh, uh, and we gave them the authority to... You, you do what you need to do because, I mean, if we get involved in organizing races, uh, I don't think it gets far, you know, so uh, because we couldn't agree on, on anything anyway. So FM is doing a good job, but I think their problem, the biggest one is that uh, there, there is no set timeline for, for, for the virus to stop, to come. Every country is different. I mean, they need to speak with the governments and governments, obviously, they are very ca careful now because it goes into their politics, you know, in the big politics, not in our little politics, you know. So what, what, what the prime ministers are doing and uh, uh, who, who is doing what. So uh, I think it, it's very difficult for FOM in the moment to deal with. And it's, it's, it's a big job, but uh, I think they, they try to get the best out of it. And then to your uh, last question, to go back to racing, it's just like, and, 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 and I think you guys are long, uh, long in racing. If, if, if that is what you like to do, that is why you work for. I mean, you prepare yourself and you can prepare yourself as much as you can. Uh, but there is a lot easier jobs in life than going racing if you don't enjoy racing you could never do it without racing so that is the thing uh, we all want to go i think or 90 percent of people which work in f1 i would say that is what they like to go out on a uh, on a friday to see how the car is going what is happening on a saturday qualifying and then you go to the race that is that is why we have got this passion i think it's a passion thing and that for sure we need the money as well but uh, uh, for some people it would be easy to sit at home as well and get some money and you know, all doing nothing but still your internal wants to, I need to have some positive uh, thing to aim for. You know, I just cannot hear, uh, sit here and try to organize and reorganize and rediscuss things. We need to go races, uh, to do racing. We need to have a, a goal. Gunter, can I ask Gunter. you, just on those calls you do, sorry, Mark, um, I'll come to you for a second. Who's got the best house? Who's got the best home office when you do those video calls? <laughs> I don't want to comment on this because otherwise I've got all the other ones telling me why, why didn't you tell it was my house, you know, you see, Rachel, spill the beans, spill the beans. Just, it's just between us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, just between us and, and then told the other people which watch you, which I think in this time is quite a few. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, you've got to come in there. Yeah, good. I, I mean, you're obviously having a meeting exactly like we're making this podcast at the moment in completely different locations. I imagine where there's an alignment with manufacturers, for example, or midfield teams, you're all texting, WhatsApping each other, which you can't do in a normal meeting. I imagine there's, you know, some kind of subplot going on at the same time as you're, you're looking into, uh, you know, checking out your need for a haircut into the picture. Are you stalking? Are you looking into the, uh, to the cell phones? You know, that's what we all have got our cell phone just beside uh, I us. Just, you know? I <laughs> just know you guys. I, you yeah. are WhatsApping each, you know, you have people you're aligned with all the time. Don't say this, say that. Can you believe he just said that? Or, I don't know, give us the lowdown. Give us the dirty side of that. 
I, I think you know. I mean, I, I think you are, are there sometimes, Martin. You must get some of them. Sure, we do it. I mean, <laughs> these days we all do it, and, and and sometimes they are not malicious or anything. They're just a little bit of a joke, you know. So if you if you're in a meeting of three and a half hour or so, uh, it's sometimes it's just like uh, uh, it's. You've got the same tool to influence the meeting, you know, and you do it. And uh, I guess you guys do that one as well because you know too much about it, Martin. So, uh, 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 <laughs> a little joke. Did he really say that? But one thing I want to go back. The, we, some, we sometimes even do that when we are physically at the meeting, you know. So, we are, we are well trained, you know. So, it's like when you see somebody and you send him something and you look at him, <laughs> you get a smile, you know. So, yeah, we are all, I think we are all grown up children sometimes. So. When, oh, again, so I know that very well. I'm surrounded by them. <laughs> <laughs> when, this all, when this all comes uh, to an end and when, when we can get back to some sense of normality, do you hope that Formula One and, and your team principals uh, meetings and, and, and the decisions that are made can, can take on a, a new lease of life, uh, Gunter, and that, that people learn from this situation and realise that actually we, we've all got to look after each other a little bit here. And the days in Formula One of spending, spending, spending to annihilate the opposition have got to stop. And the sport needs to protect itself from within for the future. Do, do you actually see a different approach from your fellow team principals? Or, or do you fear that as soon as we go racing, we're just going to get back to the, to, to the way it used to be? I would say it is, uh, with what is happening, I, I think we will not go back to the old days uh, like it was. Because uh, we, we got a wake-up call. Uh, otherwise, I, I, I would say, yeah, sure, people will want to go back to just uh, uh, spend as much as you can. You know, I, I think we all got hit pretty hard, and I say all of us, some harder than other ones, but I think we all get, get, got hit by reality. I mean, we, we, ex, uh, we experienced it in, I think it was 2009, when a lot of people, uh, teams went away, and it was waited too long. I think in the moment, FIA is doing a good job to say, don't let it go this far that we have to regroup and then go uh, let it go away again. Uh, we, because we have got the budget cup now in place. That was never there before. And it was pretty good. Uh, is Martin texting you something? <laughs> I don't like that, you know. So anyway. <laughs> Martin's just texted me to say, uh, budget cap, $150 million. Where's Gunter going to get the extra $50 million to spend? I think that was the WhatsApp. No, no, he said... What BS is he talking about? You know, that's what he texted into Smiley. You know, that's what he texted. You know, and back to more serious things is uh, 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 it's uh, I think it's just like the reality. We got hit by it, and uh, people will realize it more. There will be sure some people have always got more, but more money they can spend more. But maybe they're even better. But I think what what, what our aim is is not spending more money to have a competitive. F1, where in theory 10 teams can win. I know that will never happen that 10 teams can win, but at least that everybody's got a chance to compete. What I mean with that one, if you want to compete for, for fifth, that is what you should be competing for. But there should be more people being able to go on, a, uh, uh, to go on merit than not just by luck, you know. And I think that would be good for everybody, would be good for the fans. The fans love underdogs. I mean, you guys have got lots of to talk about as well. So I think it would help everybody. And I think we're getting close. Or still, the, the small teams have to do a good job because, as you said before, where is, where is the 50 million, which I'm still behind? But in the moment, we are maybe more than 100 millions behind. So if we halve that, that's a good step in the right direction, you know. And so I want to, actually, I want to ask you and Martin, I want to ask you this as well, actually. I know Crofty and I would both be 
definitely 100% for it. But what would you say to having, say, two rounds at Silverstone? We've heard from Stuart Pringle this morning saying that he'd be open to having two rounds there. They may have to be behind closed doors. A lot of races might have to be to start with. Would you be up for having two races at Silverstone? If I start with you, Martin, I mean, for us, it's fantastic. But also for the teams, Gunter, is that a level playing field for you all? Or is it not because it's going to suit some teams better? Mark? I, I I hope we can get back to having a crowd there ASAP because they make they make a sporting event and um, don't be sure that we'll be there Rachel um, because we might not be considered essential personnel if the teams are having to thin out who they're sending along and it really is restricted that much I mean the, hopefully you know there's still a long way to go until we get to July but um, yeah I mean we've got to somehow get a representative season away this year which for me is 15 or more races I mean Senna and Schumacher won with 15 races we think they're amazing champions Jim Clark and Jackie Stewart and Graham Hill won with 10 races in the season we think they're amazing champions Sir Sterling Moss and Fangio were six or seven races in the season so I don't think we should get caught up on that but we know from the financials that you know we need a certain amount of sanctioned fees and media fees and all that so any which way we can get up and running we're going to have to take, but I hope it's not weekend after weekend of, you know, uh, tumbleweed going around the grandstands, but needs must. Sorry, I grabbed that one, Gunter, over to you. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I agree with Martin, but in the moment, I would be happy with one Silverstone at the, uh, uh, at the date, you know, just happy that the FRA is, if he can do, fine with me, no problem, but in the moment, uh, uh, if, if, if I would say, do you want two races there? I said, Let's have, a, let's have one and then see if we need to make a second one. But uh, I, I'm not against a second one, but I would like to at least have one there. I mean, that would be already success in my books, you know, because it's a very difficult time and uh, England is a little bit uh, behind, uh, or the UK a little bit behind uh, uh, with the coronavirus. I hope everything gets better, not only for us going racing, but for the people there, obviously. That's more important than us going racing. But if you can have one, if you need to have a second one to get a, 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 a few more races in, I'm not against it. Uh, we will do it. And it's, uh, it, it's one of the places, if you have two races, it's a logical one because I would say 70% of the teams are based around there. So uh, uh, it's, uh, it should be there. So people don't people at least can go home in the time in between and they don't have to stay three weeks in, in another country just to wait to go racing again. So if it is a place, that would be nice. Gunter, can we, can, can we, um, sorry, Crofty, if I could just ask a question, I want to ask that. So we were talking about money. What, uh, what does a team have to pay? If you furloughed your, some of your employees, I know you've still got a top up there, but uh, what about your engine contract, your tires, your gearboxes? Is a team still having to pay out huge amounts of money without racing at the moment? If I just would have the answer, no. Uh, it's one of the things we are negotiating in the moment, but uh, what I told to my uh, to, to our suppliers, it's too early until we have a calendar. It's no point that we discuss this. Oh, it's not no point. We, we have to discuss to uh, go, gonna readdress it when we know a calendar. Because uh, depending, uh, if you have ten races, we don't need three engines, for example. You know, it's all a little bit up in the air. But it will be rediscussed, and obviously the financial uh, uh, the finances will be different. Uh, uh, I mean, I have no intention if we if we race only uh, a third or half the races or two thirds. Uh, to, to, uh, to pay the full price because obviously they, they had no cost in cure and uh, they, everybody everybody's in the same boat here so I think we, we need to find uh, uh, a, a right compromise or, or, or nobody gets everybody gets hurt anyway but that we spread 
the, uh, the pain a little bit, you know, uh, of getting hurt. But not only the customers get hurt, but also uh, the suppliers. Rachel, I'm stunned here. Uh, on behalf of every single Formula One fan, I think Martin's been a bit too uh, modest. Um, I always thought Martin Brundle's grid walk was essential part of Formula <laughs> One and was essential staff and, and would have to be there. We can't go racing without Martin Brundle's grid walk. Even if he does the drivers have... would all run off. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Martin, then I'm essential because I'll catch them when they run off. So surely <laughs> we're all walk, essential. <laughs> I'd have to walk along with a two-metre microphone or something to make sure I stayed away from them. It works. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what needs to happen. <laughs> now listen, um, Gunter, before we came to do this, obviously I'm going to do some research on you, but you've got, for people who don't know you, your CV is amazing. You started as a mechanic in rallying, but then start, Nicky Lauda headhunted you. I mean, what a line to have on your CV. No, it's just, I don't know if he headhunted me or if he just was looking for people, you know, you know, Nicky, you know, no, Nicky is like, wakes up one morning, oh, I go and phone this guy up, somebody told me, you know, that I think what he did, and we got on very well, and that, and, and, and that made me come into Formula One, you know, I think it was, it's a lot easier than uh, it, it sounds like, you know, how, how Nicky operated. But then you ended up at Red Bull Racing as well. So you've, I mean, for people who only know about Haas, who came into the sport in 2016, of course, you've got a much longer history with Formula One than that. What do you think have been the most challenging things you've seen during your time? Is this the most challenging time you've seen for Formula One? Absolutely, since I'm, since I'm in it, absolutely. Because uh, the most challenging thing is we don't know what is going to happen. We, we still don't know when we go racing. We're discussing it here and now. Uh, what do you think? Should we, are we going racing or not? So it could be that we have got another six months without racing. We don't know uh, uh, if, we, if, if we will get any money because the, we cannot do what, what we are here to do. Even if we've got a financial crisis, you still have a plan. We need to go racing, do this, that and the other. In the moment, we, we don't know a lot. I, I mean... I think we are now at the stage where we can see a little bit light at the end of the tunnel and see, hey, I think it looks like we go racing in, in summer, in July, but still it's very challenging, but for sure it's the most challenging time uh, since I'm in F1. It's April 2014 when you first started this adventure with the last team building it up, ready to race in 2016. How do you think it's gone? Are you satisfied? Uh, do you think it's got uh, greater potential ahead, Gunter? Absolutely. I mean, if we can go, if we can go through this one, I think we, we have got a good future uh, going forward. You know, uh, 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 I think uh, we did a lot in the sport in the short time. We, we are in there in a lot. I mean, in our little world, because we are not one of the big uh, players here. We are a small player, but for a small team, uh, uh, we added something. You know, so I think uh, Haas has got a good future. That's great to hear because we started this season before any races got postponed with the threat of Gene Haas quite publicly saying, look, if we don't start this season well, we're going to have to look at our future in Formula One. But, but you think actually that the team has got a, a bright future and that Gene can be persuaded and, and you're going to be part of the furniture for, for a while to come yet? Yes, uh, I'm, I don't want to be part of the furniture. We want to be all over the place, you know, not part of the furniture. We're... Give me a scatter cushion then. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but, but, but uh, I think uh, we are here to stay. I mean, I, uh, for sure we have to see out uh, this scenario here. But as I said, if we can get in what the plan is now, uh, uh, we are good for the year. And then uh, I think I'm uh, in the moment in touch with, uh, with Gene. I wouldn't say every day, but almost every day, because there's nothing to be said. There's no point to speak with him. But he wanted to be involved in what is happening. Uh, now it's uh, uh, getting a little bit easier because at least we have got some uh, vision what is happening. But uh, 
uh, he seems to be in a good place and uh, we just need to be diligent and the budget cup all this bringing the teams together and being competitive will help and now we have to do a good job you know so uh, 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 as, as I said before I think we are here to stay and so I've got some questions for you from, uh, from fans on social media. Um, I'm going to start with the first one that says, how do you handle two drivers who both want to be number one? And I guess it's, it's more than that because you've got two very feisty drivers there. How do you handle them? And would you rather have a quiet life or do you quite like the challenge? No, I, I think I don't like quiet life, you know, I mean, as you, as you all know, you know, <laughs> I would be a lot less outspoken. I think I like the challenge. I, I think in every team, if you don't have, uh, have a clear one and two, uh, this will always happen. Uh, you know, it happened in other teams. It happens with us. And uh, it's just like a, a, a difficult season like last year when the car is not up to, uh, uh, up to speed. It's even more difficult for the drivers because they want to show off, you know, who is the better one. And then they, they fight even more. And then uh, uh, we, we got very unlucky. We always seem to be, when we, have a good, uh, when we had a good qualifying, we're always very close to each other. And then uh, the first lap is always, very, or the first laps are always very challenging. So I wouldn't say it, it's just uh, uh, unlucky, but uh, it, it's part of the game. And uh, I'm, I'd rather have that problem than a driver who doesn't want to drive, you know. There's a follow up to that as well, actually, saying, why, why didn't you change the lineup last year at all? There were thoughts that, and the year before that, even, that maybe you were going to change it. Why did you stick with the two of them? I mean, it was, it, it was a, a difficult decision, but. Uh, 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 Roman with, uh, was with us from the beginning. If now you look back, the credibility we had in the beginning was very low for obvious reasons. And I'm not blaming anybody, uh, 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 you know, because all the new teams came in, they, 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 they left pretty soon and were never any successful. So he took a chance. He believed in us. Uh, uh, and, and we all know Grosjean uh, on a good day. He's very good. It's just there are not enough of them, you know, uh, of the good days. There are too many of, of bad ones, you know, and he knows that. I don't have to tell him that, you know, so... <laughs> He's a grown-up. I told him many times enough that he believes it now, I guess, you know, so, uh, so uh, but uh, it was very difficult and the car was, uh, we know the problems with the car, it seemed like he tried to find an excuse, the, uh, or the driver's fault, it wasn't their fault, they just tried to get the best out of it and sometimes overdid it, which again, maybe was that our fault or my fault to push them too hard instead of saying back, back down, I mean, the car is where it is and so in the end we just decided, hey, don't let's bring uh, uh, in another unknown here. Let's fix the car, stay with the drivers, deal with it, what we have got, and, and keep on going. Great stuff. Listen, Gunter, it's been fabulous to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you for joining us on this podcast, and uh, we hope we'll see you in person very soon somewhere. Look Thanks after yourself. Thanks Hope to see you soon, guys, and thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Gunter. See you later. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Gunter. Thank you. Bye. Crofty, give us a quick plug for your watch along. What can we expect Wednesday night, seven o'clock? Uh, yeah, so the watch along Wednesday night, uh, Martin, myself, Ted Kravitz and Johnny Herbert sat down in four different locations to look back on the 1999 European Grand Prix. Uh, the race where the phrase to finish first, first you have to finish has never been highlighted more. It was a sensational race. I don't want to do any spoilers, but we were quite happy with the winner in the end. Uh, but that is uh, Wednesday night, Sky Sports main event and Sky Sports F1 as well. And if you don't uh, think that is your bag, cooking sausage rolls with Crofty, uh, that's going to be unveiled on social media on Tuesday afternoon for anyone who fancies some fattening food. 
Fantastic. Can't wait. Martin, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, for making your house shine. <laughs> and we will uh, see you very soon. Thanks a lot. Plenty more content across the Sky platforms for you. There'll be another podcast on Wednesday. Don't forget that. Watch along and lots more on the websites too. Thanks for watching. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you soon.